0: So we're going to continue on. We're going to continue on um, going through the Bible, and of course, as I said, we're we're going to start off with kind of setting the stage for a lot of different things. And so then today, what I want us to do is go back to go back to Exodus chapter twenty-four, and uh, we're going to start there. And there's three main things that we're going to focus on today, and. Uh, <clears throat> And and we'll see some of these things come about as we as we continue on. Uh, we've talked about we've talked about the fact that you need salvation. We've also dealt with the fact that um, you have to have a book. Uh, if we're going to be a people of a book, you got to have a book. Um, how do we know that we have the book? We talked about the doctrine of inspiration. We talked about the doctrine of preservation, and uh, <clears throat> um, we've kind of set that stage that in order for us to, to know what God expects us to know, um, he has to have given us a book. And it's interesting this past week, um, Thursday at the, the school teacher Bible study thing. Um, we were talking about something and, and a lady's like, what's that? What's, what's that word in the Greek, Greg? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, now, is it good to know some of that stuff? Maybe, I don't know, but i speak english i know english well i kind of know english um i speak it anyway um and if we've got a book that's written in english why do we need to go back and retranslate for ourselves if god's given us our bible in our language right and i know a lot of folks they greek a lot of stuff um and that's that's their prerogative they're allowed to do that and uh My conviction has always been if we've been given a book in our own language, let's just believe it in our own language. And so that's one of the reasons why we stand on the King James Bible. And so then part of that also has to do with, and this is going to lead us up to how we're going to be able to study. Um, There's three issues that I want us to take a look at today. One would be read, one would be hear, and one would be study. All right, so those are the three things that we're going to take a look at today. Notice here in Exodus chapter 24, and uh let's start here at verse verse one, and uh then we'll get started. Um is, uh, Exodus chapter 24, verse one. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nabad and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice, and said, All the words which the Lord hath said will we do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and rose up early in the morning, and built an altar under the hill with twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel." And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which, uh, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it on the bite by- in the basins and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord hath said, will we do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words father we want to thank you uh, once again for the opportunity to gather together around your word to fellowship around it around the truth of, of what we have today and as we take a look at this this uh, series uh, going into studying uh, through the bible may we allow your bible be the final authority in all things and it's in christ's name we pray amen <clears throat> now there's a couple things that that we notice here in verse 3, it says what? And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said will we do. So what do we have here is <clears throat> Moses stands up and he's saying he's speaking what? He's speaking all the words. And what is it that the people do is they say all the words which the Lord had, hath, hath said Will we do the issue there is, is what here's God's word. And here's what the people are going to do It says, well, what your word says, that's what we're going to do. Right. And then we, we see in verse four, we set that issue again of that inspiration, the preservation here, verse four, and Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up in the morning and built an altar under the hill and 12 pillars, according to the 12 tribes of Israel. So what is it that he did is he took the words that he spoke and he did what? wrote them down all right we get down here to verse seven and it says what and he took the book well what's the book it's the book that he just got through writing down in verse four the words of the lord he's got this book and he's starting to gather this and he says and he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people and they said all that the lord hath said will we do now here's what's interesting We see this we see this issue as you go down through the verses <clears throat> Moses goes up into God and God says here's what I want you to tell my people. And what is it that he does? Is he goes down and tells the people, here's what God said. Not only does he do that, but then he writes it down and he says he's he's reading in in, in verse 7 he says he read in the audience of the people. And here's what's interesting. <clears throat> What is it that the people say? All that the Lord hath said, will we do? Well, what is it that they're hearing is the stuff that God told Moses, and Moses is bringing it to them, and he wrote it down in a book, and they're, he's reading from the book, right? And what happens is, is they can read from it, and what are they? what is it that they're saying that the thing that Moses is reading is? It's the words of the Lord, right? It's the word of God. <clears throat> that, that issue, again, is, is the fact as we go through here, But what is it that he's doing in verse 7 is what? He's taking the book and he's reading it in the audience, right? Um, Run over to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 um notice it we'll start here in verse 12 um matthew chapter 21 verse 12 and notice what we see here and jesus went into the temple of god and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them what it is written. So when we when we say this, one of the things that we find out here is if this is written down, then what are they going to be able to do? They're going to be able to find the book that it was written down. They're going to be able to read it. And we'll see this. Notice. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall not be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying at the temple and saying, Hosanna, the son of David, they were sore displeased. <laughs> and how did the religious folks reply to Christ showing up in their temple? It's actually his temple. He shows up in their temple, throws the tables, the money changes over, and people come to him and he starts telling people there in the temple, the chief priests and scribes are what? They're sore displeased. And notice what he says in verse 16. And he said unto, unto him... And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, What? Yea, have ye never read? The issue there is, is what part of what we have to be able to do in this particular life is we have to be able to read something, and the fact that God has written down a book, He's preserved it throughout the years. Then the reason that we're able to do this, and the reason that He's able to say what He says here, is it's not have you never heard? It's what have you never read? The issue is, 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 chief priests and scribes, have you all not read the Scriptures? Now, of course, the answer should have been what? Yes, we have. Because that was their job. I mean, could you imagine somebody's job being you're to read the Scriptures and, and, and teach the Scriptures and they don't do that? I mean, we know people that we go and work with all the time, right? <laughs> and you're like, your job is this and that's the one thing you don't do while you're at work. That's another issue, right? <clears throat> Notice he says, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. And he left them and went out into the city in into Bethany, and he lodged there. Drop down to verse um drop down to verse thirty-three. <clears throat> Matthew 21, verse 33. And again, we see this, we see the same issue. Notice verse 33. He says, here, another parable. There was a certain householder, which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a winepress in it and built a tower and let it out to, to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandman that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took of his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. And again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord therefore of the the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto unto those husbandmen? Now, pause there for a second. And, of course, we understand what's going on here is what? Here we've got God the Father. He creates this 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 group of people, and He lets it out, and He he does what? You've got a certain householder, which would be God. He planted a vineyard, and, of course, that's going to be dealing with, with the nation of Israel, and hedged it about, and digged a wine press in it, and built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen. There's a whole bunch of different things here you've got there their religious life you've got all this stuff and god is saying i've created this nation for a particular purpose and i've i've you know that most of the time when growing up people would pray and they would say uh lord put a hedge around us a hedge of protection well the only person the only group of people he ever did that for was the nation of israel Right. And it was a purpose to set them apart from the rest of the nations. And that's what we see here. And what what happens is he, he says, What? I'm gonna I'm gonna take my servants and I'm gonna send them out to 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 check on the fruit. And what happens to every one of the servants? They're either beaten or killed. And so he sends out some more. And they're done and they're done the same thing is done unto them. Then he says, Well, I'm gonna send my son. Well, what do we know the son there is talking about Jesus Christ. Right, And what happens is, what do the people there do? Well, let's let's kill him. This is the son. Let's kill him so we can get the inheritance. And then the question at the verse 40 is what? When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They said to him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Now, <laughs> what? What's interesting is, is these guys have the right idea. The problem is, is they don't realize that he's talking about them. That they're the ones that that are that are destroying and, and, and killing the servants. And notice notice in verse 42. <clears throat> Jesus saith unto them, Again, did ye never read in the scriptures The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes therefore say i unto you who is he talking to are the chief scribes the pharisees the the, the folks there what, what's he say to them is what the kingdom of god should be taken from you and given to a nation bringing the bringing forth the fruits thereof so when he's when 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 they point out that that he's going to miserably destroy the wicked men and he's going to let it, let it out to other husbandmen. What's he saying is what, well, here's the other husbandman. I'm taking it from you and I'm going to give it to the nation. And that's then they're going to bring forth fruit. But notice there in verse 42 is what did you never read in the scriptures? And here's what he's going to do. Well, what's he pointing to? There's the stone, which the builders rejected. Well, who's the stone, the son in, in the, in the context of that, that particular parable, Right. So again, we see this issue of in order for us to, you know, we got, we got a, uh, we got an email this past week, yesterday, I think it was, and I'm not responded yet. It's a really good question. In fact, it's, it's kind of odd. I don't know where the question came from. Um, I know, well, I know the email, but I don't know if it came from just somebody coming across the website or somebody watching YouTube or somebody listening to radio or somebody on Facebook or whatever. Um, but we get an email through the, through the, uh, church website and uh, it's a really good question and I'm kind of shocked that I've never had anybody ask this before um, and it's interesting because the guy takes one part of a verse and says well if Paul's doing this when why does he say this over here in Acts 26 and so how do you answer that is what have you never read? <laughs> All right, and you understand some things, and and, and I'm 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 gonna I want to respond back to him, but but that's 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 the issue. What's the authority? It's not. Well, I believe it means blah 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 blah. It's what this is what the scripture says, and and that has to be the final authority, and that's what Christ does, and that's the only reason that I kind of go based off that as well. Um, go get uh, go get Ephesians chapter three, and Colossians chapter four, <clears throat> and. Of course, one of the things that always one of the things that always gets you when you when you when you answer questions um, like that is what's the only what's the only answer to that question and in most every question that you get um, specifically dealing with what God's doing today, the answer to it's always going to be what? you got to write the divide the scriptures. <laughs> And that, and that, and if you don't, then you're never going to be able to answer questions properly. I was listening to, oh man, I was listening to a guy on the radio yesterday, and they said uh, it was a call-in show, and you have live questions, and they answer it live. And so they said, "Why did Nineveh not want, or why did Jonah not want to go to Nineveh?" And one of the guys is like, "Oh man, Jonah was a racist." I was like, "That is not the right answer at all." He hated those people. <laughs> he hated them. And I'm like, you're laughing about this false teaching that you're putting. He wasn't a racist. Do you know why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? Well, he knew that if Nineveh gets saved, then he's going to go into captivity. Why did he know that he was going to go into captivity? Because he knew some scriptures. Scripture is going to tell him the northern kingdom is going to go into captivity and the southern king is going to go in captivity if these things take place. And the reason he didn't want to go to Nineveh is because he knew if Nineveh gets saved, I'm going into captivity, and I don't want to go into captivity. That's the answer to that question. Because why? Scriptures say that. Does the scripture say Jonah was racist? No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When you look at that, and you're like, okay, if you go by the scripture, you find out, well, the real reason he didn't go is because he didn't want to go is because of that. That's Bible answer, right? How do you understand that? The scripture tells us that. Uh, it's the same thing with, they, they do the same thing with Peter. Well, why didn't Peter go to the Gentiles? Because he was racist. No, it's because he was told not to go to the Gentiles. It's that simple, right? All, more often than not, the simplest explanation is the right one. And you just don't make stuff up. So here's, here's, here's this notice. That's a rabbit trail. That didn't cost you anything extra, I promise. Ephesians chapter 3. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3. Notice in verse 1. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, Lord, how that by revelation he made known unto me, notice, the mystery of Notice we got a parenthesis here, right? As I wrote a four and few words. So if 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 he's already written something down about the mystery, then what's that mean is he wrote it down. He says as I wrote a four and few words. He's already remem- he's already spoken to something about the mystery and he's written it down already. Notice in verse 4, whereby when ye what? Whereby when ye read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. What's, what's one of the quickest ways that you're going to be able to understand the mystery of Christ? You've got to read. Well, also, you've got to do what? Verse 2, he says, if you have heard of the dispensation of grace of God. There's, there's two components here. You're either going to read it yourself or you're going to hear it, right? And what do we know? Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says what? So then, faith cometh by... Hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Whether you hear it or whether you read it, and I don't know about you all, and I think I think this sometimes might get on the other folks' nerves. When I'm reading, I can't read silently. If I'm if I'm at home reading and I'm reading Ephesians three one, it's for this cause I prisoner Jesus. Like I'm I'm whispering it as I'm reading it because I can't. It, it helps me process the words so. As I'm reading it, what I'm doing is I'm hearing it at the same time, right so <clears throat> as he as he says here he says, "Whereby when ye read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ. Well, if you want to understand the knowledge that Paul had about the mystery of Christ, what do we have to do? We've got to be able to read it right, and we've got to be able to hear it and and, and that's that's why these things are going to all all go together as we continue on notice then he then in verse five he he reveals what that mystery is. Um, what's it mean to to have a mystery which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it is what now Now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit. So when we take a look at that Colossians chapter four, again, there's, there's, there's these issues that are going to go in and out. And so when, when Christ is talking about, have you never read? He's also talking about what, have you never heard as well? Right? because, what happens is when when in the old testament, whenever they whenever they got together, we looked at this, what was it, last week or the week before? And what they did is all day long, is one guy stood up and he just read the verses, and then there were people out in the crowd, and what they were doing is saying, Here's what the verses say. Right? And that's really what was going on. So if we did if we did what old testament scripture commanded as far as how they did things, I would just stand up here and read the scriptures, and then there would be people outside in the in the in the in the group saying, "Here's what this means, right?" and all that stuff. But what are they having to do there? They have to be able to read it, and they have to be able to hear it. And we'll see those we'll see those connected again. Notice here in Colossians chapter four, <coughs> um, verse fifteen, and and of course this is the end of the at the end of Colossians. But notice the verse fifteen. He says. Salute the brethren which are in are in Laodicea and ymphis and the church which is in his house and when the and when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Now what is it that there what is it that we can take from this is what and there's other passages that will go along with this. The whole whole idea of what when Paul wrote a book, what did he do? He wrote a book to a church. That church would make a copy of it and then send to another church. That church would get it and make a copy of it. And then they would send it to another church and they would get it. And what would happen is, is they're exchanging the epistles and they're making their own copy and then they're sending out um, to, to other churches. And that's why we see here he says what? And when this epistle is read among you, right? The idea there is, is what? It's need to be read. And so when when the folks here in Colossae have have this book read to them, what's he say? Cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans. So then what are they supposed to be able to do? Well, they're supposed to be able to take that book to the church at Laodicea and do what? Read it there. And notice he says, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Now, do we, have a, do, we have, do we have a book that was written by Paul that's labeled Laodicea? No. no. Now, there is some, some ideas what people might think the, the book from Laodicea is. But is there an epistle from Laodicea? Yeah. So there was an epistle to Laodicea. And he's saying the ones when you get from them, read that one so if we don't and 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 like i said there's discussions on on if it is one of these paul's epistles or not that's that's not really my point but here's my here's my point if there's a book that's that's written to the church at laodicea and it's supposed to be read if we don't have it in the scriptures then what do we know about that So so okay let me back up I, I I mean I'm I'm probably not clear If the if let's do it this way if the church at Colossae gets a book written to them and we have that book here and we and then there's a there's an epistle written to the church at Laodicea and we don't have that here what's that mean the difference between the the Colossian book and the Laodicean book You wouldn't need it It wasn't inspired, right? The Colossians book was, the Laodicean wasn't, right? Now, again, as I said, some folks think that one of the epistles of Paul is the one from from Laodicea, and that's fine. Um, But that's not really my point. My point is, is, one is inspired, the other one is not, right? Just as we've talked about, how many books did Paul actually write to the folks in Corinth? Was at least three, possibly four but how many of them do we have in, in our scriptures or two? Why? Because that third one or the third and fourth one weren't inspired. Okay? So the spirit of God is more than capable of not sure that what he wants to be in here was in here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And 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 there were people at that particular time whose job was to recognize this is scripture, this is inspired and this is not. And they did that. And yes. and yeah, and we by faith trust that God can do what he promised to do, and that's preserve his word. Right? And the idea here is is what does he want them to be able to do is read this book, but also read the book the book that you get from Laodicea, which would also mean what? Well, when you get the book from Philippi, what should they do with that one? Read it. When they get the book from for Rome, what should they do? Read it. When they get the ones from Corinthians, they should read it. You know, all the way through and you go through that. So the idea is there's this almost like a carousel of all these books that are that are going throughout all these churches. And we we talked about the last time. If God says, here's the original manuscript, that's the only thing that's inspired. You destroy the original manuscript. We no longer have God's word. But if you make copies of it and it's all over the place, even if you destroy the original, what do you have? Is you have all these copies and it's hard to destroy, right? And that's the point. What we see here is that's how God's promised to preserve his word through a multiplicity of copies, right? Because if you if there's just one that matters, if I destroy that one, then you no longer have access to it, okay? Um, <clears throat> let's go back to Deuteronomy 17. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, and anything anything that somebody can cast doubt on that book, that's what they want to do. Um, you know, there's there's a whole thing now with uh, the Book of Enoch. There's certain people that want the Book of Enoch in the Scriptures. Well, why is it not in there? God didn't want it in there, um, and, and you got all those different things. And there's there's tons of quote unquote lost. They weren't lost. They weren't part of Scripture to begin with, <laughs> but it's again the whole purpose is to cast doubt on what God's actually doing. Um, notice, notice here in Deuteronomy chapter seventeen, um, verse fourteen. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter seventeen, verse fourteen, and this is this is dealing with um, when 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 they have a king. Notice what happens. When thou art come into the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me, thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose, one from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. Notice if you drop down to verse 18 and it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests and the Levites. What's the guy supposed to do when he becomes king? Make his own copy of the scriptures that God had at that time. And again, what do we see here is the way that God's going to preserve his word is through what? Copies. Notice <clears throat> verse 19, and it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law, and these statutes to do them. Now, what do we notice there is what? Here's the purpose. What I want you to do is what? I want you to read them. And the purpose is that I want you to read them is to do what? That he, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and to do what? To keep all the words of the law and these statutes to do them. There's, there's a process that's going to be taking place, right? And he says, um, the point there is, is what? Here's what I want you to do. As soon as you become king, you're going to make your own copy of your own Bible. And what you're going to do is... You're going to keep it with you all the days of your life. And what are you going to do with that? You're going to read it. And the purpose of that is that you may learn something. Go over to chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31. <clears throat> um, we'll just start here verse Verse 9. <clears throat> Notice Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 9. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priest, the son of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord and unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them saying at the end of every seven years in the solemnity of the year of release in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which, which he shall choose, Thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law, and that, you, that, uh, and that their children which have not known anything, May hear and learn to fear the Lord, Lord your God, as long as you live in the land, whether ye go over Jordan to possess it. The whole goal there is what? He wants them to be able to read something, so that they can be able to hear something, that they can do what? That they can learn, All right, And of course, we know God's will for all men is what? Be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Um, go over to Ephesians chapter one. <clears throat> I know we're jumping back and forth, but I. I just wanted to pick out certain verses and there's a lot for each one of these that we could have done. But um, I want us to see these connections of when you're reading and you're hearing, the purpose of reading and hearing is both to do what to learn, to learn what, what the Lord's what the Lord actually wants us to know. And then what do we do is we by faith, take the word that we read and what we hear. And what do we do? We trust it now back there. Are we supposed to take and read Deuteronomy and And the law, and say, okay, I want you all to go and do that stuff. The answer is no. Well, why? Well, because we know something about Ephesians chapter 3, right? Notice here in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll start here at verse... Let's just start here at verse 12. He says, "...that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ, and whom ye also trusted... After that, ye heard the word of truth, right? In order for you to trust, what do you have to do first? <laughs> you have to be able to hear, right? You have to hear what? Specifically, the word of truth. Here, it's what? Specifically, not just the word of truth, but specifically the what? The gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. Notice. When we look at this, the whole purpose here is what? We have to be able to hear. We have to be able to read. We have to be able to hear to be able to learn some things. Notice in verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And he continues on going down through there. The whole point of what he's saying is what? In order for you to trust you first need to hear hear what specifically the gospel of your salvation um and then it's not just he doesn't just stop there but you're what you're sealed with the holy spirit of promise and the whole goal is is that you get back in that book and you find out all the things that god's given you through the death and resurrection of christ because of who you are in christ he says here's what i want you to know well how can you know that does god just supernaturally open up your head dump all the knowledge into you and say okay go you got to do what? You got to read and or hear, right? Because the Word of God is the thing that it is the it is the issue, right? Uh, Philippians chapter four. <clears throat> Philippians chapter four. and 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 we've looked at these we've looked at these verses um quite a bit before but i want i want you to notice to remind us of something here notice um philippians chapter 4 verse we'll just start here verse 8 and of course we talked about this the last time the only thing that fulfills all of these things whatsoever is that you see in verse 8 is god's word right In verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, what's supposed to happen after this? He says, those things which you have what? Both learned and received. Well, how can you learn and receive something? He says what and heard and seen in me do. So the things that you have learned and received, you learn something. Well, how did they learn it? They either read it or they heard it. And what are they supposed to do is they're supposed to do what? Receive it means they're doing what? They're believing it. They're trusting it. Right. And it's not just, yeah, I heard that, but it's, I heard that. And now I'm taking that as possession that that belongs to me. It's that issue of reckoning it to be true about yourself. Right. And he says, "What, and heard and seen in me now when 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 the folks there at Philippi, of course paul had 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 some dealings with them, and they were able to what they were able to hear him, and they were able to see see certain things now, do we have the ability to hear and see what Paul did? No, but yes, right, we can hear because we've got the book, and we can see why because we've got the book, we can see how his life is. And he says what? Both learned and received and heard and seen in me. What are we to do? Do. The things that you've heard, the, the things that you've learned, the things you've received, the things you've heard, the things you've seen. What do we do? Is he says, do them. All right. And and we the only way that we can do that is you have to be able to hear it and or read it. All right. Colossians chapter one. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 4, he says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of course he's talking to the folks at Colossae, he says, Since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which ye have to all saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard, ye, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Now, where is it that they've heard about the faith, love, and the hope that there's that that Paul says, we've heard about your faith and your love and your hope? Where is it that, that they heard it from is what? In the word of the truth of the gospel. Because somebody wrote it down because that's what God wanted to happen and somebody sent it out to other churches and they made copies of it and sent that out, right? Notice <clears throat> verse 6, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you notice when since the day ye heard of it when is it that it that that it's that it's going to produce or bring forth fruit is what the day that ye heard of it and knew the grace of god and truth whereas the, what's that issue is what They've heard it, and they've what? Believed it. They've heard it, and they've trusted it. They've heard it, and they've received it. And uh, he says, As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister in Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, heard what? About their faith, love, and hope. Do not cease to pray for you. And it's interesting because what's he saying? I hear about your faith in Christ Jesus. And I hear about your love, which you have to all the saints. And we also hear about the hope that's laid up for you in heaven and how you've believed each one of those things and trusted. And all that comes from what? The word of the truth of the gospel. Because the word's written down. Now, the last part we'll spend a little bit of time on. Get uh, right here. Get 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. <clears throat> and then this will this will Lead us into the next Next section um, How many I'm trying to think Did I say it this time How many times does the word study show up in your Bible Does anybody know three, two. two or three You're saying two yeah. Are you sure about that yeah. <laughs> I thought it was three But I can't be sure Okay so it is three, all right? The, there's only three times that word "study" shows up. The first does anybody know that one? You didn't know you' were in pop quizzing today, did you? The, quit cheating, Bruce. Get off your phone. <laughs> so Ecclesiastes 12:12, 12, 12, and there we find out that stud, that much study is a weariness to the flesh. All right, don't laugh about cheating in church, Bruce. Come on. I'm laughing with it. Don't worry. About it, Bruce. I'm laughing about it, Bruce. <laughs> the second one is here in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse eleven. <clears throat> notice, notice here in verse nine to lead up to that verse nine, but it's touching brotherly love. Ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Well, how is it that they're taught of God? They've got a book. They've got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's teaching them what God's Word says, right? Verse 10. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren, which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more, and that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we have commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that and that ye may lack of have lack of nothing. But notice, notice, he says there, what's he what's he say, verse eleven, and that you study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands. Now that's the second time that you see that word study. And what happens is, and I know we're running low on time, but what happens is when you study, what is it that study is going to do? It's going to produce in you what? Peace and quietness. Now, oftentimes I use that verse and say, there's a lot of people that need to be quiet and they need to go study to be quiet. (laughs) I'm often... Study how to be quiet? No, I'm I'm saying... No, that's not that's not what he's talking about. So no. And 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 you see you'll see what's going on because what's he saying I I know about your love towards those that are in Macedonia and I I beg you, I beseech you to to increase more and more in that and and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business. Well, what happens is is if you're studying what it's going to produce in you is a quietness, a peace to where you're not going to be frustrated by all the things that's going on around you. And what's going to happen is to do, what are you? what's the main point there is to do what? And to do your own business. Which means what? Don't get caught up in everybody else's business. Now, I used to say, and I still do, um, just because you've got a video camera and a Bible doesn't mean you should use them together. There's a lot of people making videos that don't need to be making videos. <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't have a congregation that they're that they have to answer to. Does that kind of make sense? I am accountable to you all. And folks online, but I'm accountable to you all. And if I'm saying something wrong, I would expect you to call me on it. Well, if you're on if you're on camera and you don't have a local assembly that you're accountable to you can say whatever you want and if somebody says well you shouldn't say that block being able to stand in front of a group of people it's an awesome responsibility in the fact that i and i would ask you all to do the same to be a part of my life just as i am a part of yours right and that's that whole issue of one anothering caring about others more than you do yourself and you can't do that if the only member of your congregation is the is the camcorder because the camcorder is never going to say anything to you that's that you're wrong and there's a lot of people out there that don't have a local ministry to be accountable to and they can say and do whatever they want and there's a problem with that but here it's what mind your own business Basically, he says, and 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 that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. That here's the purpose of that: that ye walk honestly toward them that are without, and that they may have lack of nothing, and that ye may have lack of nothing. So when you take a look at that, he gives us an idea of of what that should look like. Second Timothy chapter two, and we'll stop here because next time we'll pick up with this one. Um, Because as we've talked about going through and we're getting ready to study the Bible, what's the only verse in scripture that tells you to study it and then tells you how to study it is this verse right here, right? The other two verses, Ecclesiastes and 1 Thessalonians 4, neither of those tell you how to study it. It just tells you, hey, there's a warning that Much study is a weariness to the flesh. The flesh is not going to like what you do because you're studying. And the more time you put into the studying, what your flesh is going to do is what? I don't want to do this. And then you get to say what? Well, guess what, flesh? You're not in control anymore. This book is. And eventually what's going to happen is the flesh is going to say, you know what, you're just going to keep believing that old book and quit paying attention to me, and that's a good thing. But notice, 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And again, this is the only verse in Scripture that tells us to study it, tells us why to study it, and tells us how to study it. Right? He says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Now, growing up in... I shouldn't say growing up because I was... 21 when i first got saved coming to understanding dispensational bible study i always read this verses in order to become approved of god you have to study because that's what i was told the only way that you can get approved is you have to study well what do we know is we're already approved of god The moment we trust the gospel, you are complete in Christ. You lack nothing. But if you've never studied the Bible correctly, do you know that? No. No. So how is it that you find out that you're approved unto God? You have to study it the right way. So notice, he says, here's why you should study it, to show thyself approved unto God. To show that you're already approved. You don't have to gain approval. You've already got it. Why? Because you're in Christ. If Christ is already approved and you're in Christ, then guess what you are? You're approved. If, if you're in the beloved, guess what you are? You're beloved. Do you know that if you, if you think you're Israel and you have to do stuff to get that? No. And so then he tells us, here's how to study it. Here's why to study it. What's it mean to be approved unto God as a workman that needeth not to be ashamed? Should you be ashamed of, of the things you go through? And of course, you can stop and think about what is it that, Tim, that Paul tells Timothy at the very beginning is what? Be, thou therefore, be not thou therefore ashamed of our Lord or me. Why? Because you're complete in Christ. And he's bringing that up. And then he says what? If you take that part, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, just take that part out for a second and read the verse. Notice, study to show thyself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. He tells us, here's how to study it, rightly dividing the word of truth. And why should you study it is to find out that, that, that you're approved. That you are a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And, and take a look at those things as you go through there. Now, of course, like I said, that'll set us up for next week. So then we'll talk about rightly dividing the word of truth. What's that mean? Well, he tells us in the context what it means. And we'll see that as we go through. It's not what the new Bible say where it says properly handling. You can properly handle and not rightly divide, by the way. (laughs) And those those words are there for a particular reason. And again, the Greek says, now, all we need to know is what the English says, right? Um, so we'll stop there. We'll pick up at second Timothy chapter two, verse 15. The issue today I want us to be able to do is as we're going through to study of the Bible, the purpose of it is to what we should read it. We should hear it and we should study it. And if we don't do those three things, should we expect anything in our lives to change? <laughs> no, because we're going to still go about trying to do things ourselves. And what we're going to do every time we do something ourselves is we're going to continue making a mess out of it. And then you'll hear, I heard a guy that called in on that, that radio program yesterday. He said, um, I'm waiting on God to talk to me, and he's not talked to me, so I'm thinking that I'm no longer saved. And then these guys are like, well, God has a way to work things out, and He'll." I'm like, you gave that guy absolutely no confidence. And, and once you're saved, you're saved. You can't get out even if you wanted to. And what, God, what, what they should have done is, you don't wait for God to speak to you physically in your ear. Get in the book. <laughs> complete the Absolute complete disregard for the scriptures. And it's all about here's some here's here's what we think you should do. And it's just you look at that stuff and that kid leaves thinking what? Well, I'm out of the will of God and I'm not going to I'm not saved and I'm unredeemable. And it's a mess. And they make a mess of that guy's life. They do what Paul says about Hymenaeus and Philetus. They overthrow the faith of some.